0: You're now listening to Sound Talent Media. Check out more shows at soundtalentmedia.com. You're now listening to another episode of Fly on the Call. This week's guest is Kay of Spring Silver. Last month they released a new single, Set Up a Camera, which follows 2020's Plead Insanity, a song that features guest vocals from Barty Strange and Sad 13. These singles see Spring Silver taking a slightly more concise musical approach while still keeping the experimental spectrum of sounds that has been present since the start of the project. On this episode, we talk about the writing and recording process as a solo artist, following your sensibilities, the melding of noisy rock and pop music, and a whole lot more. So strap in and enjoy. What's kind of like your your mission statement for Spring Silver as a band?
1: Um, to try to sort of be as true to myself through the music and art that I make as possible, I, I would say.
0: Yeah, and I mean, it seems like a big part of that is kind of like the exploration side of things, you know, in both in like the music and like the sounds you make and stuff. Can you talk a little bit about that?
1: Um, yeah, I try to more or less... Uh, come up with stuff that fits my sensibilities uh, just based on the uh, the equipment at my disposal. More or less, I, I think it sort of like finds its way, whether I'm sort of actively trying to or not, it sort of ends up being, just sort of being within my, my sensibilities, if that makes sense. I'm recording uh, the music that I'm working on now, like the music that I've released so far and that's gonna be on a, an upcoming album and the album before i've recorded um all of that stuff mainly here at my uh house in my parents house i'll have like like the amp set up like in another room and like in sm57 and then i'll just you know re- record in here and just slowly basically um build up songs over time so there's not really much of a like r- rush to do stuff. is just sort of what comes to mind. What I think is a good idea. I'll try to sort of get it done.
0: You know, you mentioned kind of like self-producing and, I uh, know it's like mostly a solo project. Um, like, can you talk a little bit about kind of like your background in music and how you got like started and got to this point where you're able to do all that stuff? Um, so I've always loved
1: music. I started taking violin lessons when I was four and I switched to guitar when I was. Uh, 11 I think 11 or 12 and um, especially when I was younger it was hard for me to uh, uh, imagine I mean at at first like doing something as cool as playing guitar and then like just seeing people in a studios just sort of like producing stuff and like mixing stuff that that just seemed kind of like a a a mystery thing to me but uh, I think I was born in 1996 and I feel like I sort of as i uh became an adolescent and became a teenager and became an adult the uh diy recording boom was happening that sort of uh i I feel like yeah it sort of took place around that time and yes some of the stuff i feel like it was it was it was pretty obvious (laughs) like oh these people are doing it on their own and and other times it it was hard to tell but I, i figured like if i'm able to I would love to do that because I the, the, the more I worked on production, the more I like sort of immersed myself in that, the, the more I the more I loved it. And um, yeah, like I, I got a, a FL Studio <laughs> a trial or something back when I was 11 or 12 or something. And I just the idea that you could make stuff on your computer just like by yourself or with a few friends, like make music was just sort of an amazing thing that i continued to pursue and i mean now i have logic and i also have fl studio but um i think it's important that i that that it's it's still just like the idea that sort of creating sounds is within my reach and that like i mean i'm really lucky with spring silver my friend Ananth is a really good um mixer and producer as well and Uh, he, he, he mixes, he, he co-mixes and, uh, masters a lot of the stuff that I, um, work on, but it, it still is very, it's a, like very much a small operation. I, I just like having that sort of freedom and control with uh, the music.
0: You mentioned how it's kind of like mostly an insular process for you, but, um, you know, I'm pleading insanity that has like the guest vocals from Barty strange and sad 13. Like what, is, how did that kind of come together? And what is like the, what is, what role does collaboration play for you?
1: Yeah. It's, it's still kind of wild that that happened. <laughs> like, especially the further time goes on and I'm like, Jesus. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's crazy. But um, I, I think that, um, especially when it comes to vocals, but really on, in all aspects of music, I think it's a, collaboration is a really interesting and fun thing especially when it comes to like quote unquote solo projects and the more I find out about people's solo projects the more I find out it's like not really a solo (laughs) it's like you know I worked with this person I worked with this producer or this uh, you know even songwriter but um I think it's a really special thing to have um other people's vocals on on your tracks that I, I think um as as time has gone on, it and I mean this has been said like a, a million times, but um sometimes it can feel a little a little solipsistic to just have your own background vocals and to um just like have all the harmonies be you. It it and I just feel like when you have other people actually singing on the project or lending their own voice in other ways, like through musical instruments, it opens up like another door sort of it feels like you know if you're just in your own room all of a sudden like the doors open another there are like other people who are walking in or like you know in in another room that you can see or mm-hmm. just just that sort of thing it it there's there's additional information and sort of feeling that's being provided by uh people and um i was really lucky that um yeah sadie and bartiz are two artists who i like immensely admire and just the, the idea that I could show like show my appreciation by being like would you guys like want to sing on this that does that be just it it's cool and I, I really love just you know working with people who I think are awesome
0: <laughs> for sure yeah and that's interesting that you said what you mentioned about like kind of vocals guest vocals especially being something that's like special because that that totally makes sense like guitars and drums and stuff it's like those have their own sound but they're like, more easy to replicate and they're also like more different but like as yeah. far as you know vocals it's like yeah th- someone's voice sounds totally different than you know your own
1: <laughs> yeah you can't really fake it too much
0: <laughs> <laughs> on um set up a camera and also like the complete insanity double single um it seems to be kind of like a bit more Concise and sound compared to the natural world. And I'm curious—is that something that was kind of like intentional, or is it just like how the project was evolved, or how, how, kind of how did that come about? Um, yeah, I, I, it's more intentional. I, the
1: the first album, I, I really, I really, really liked the natural world, but it definitely is, and I mean, maybe it, maybe it still is now the stuff that I'm working on now. But it definitely felt like me just sort of feeling out whether or not I could make more or less like a sort of full band experience on my own and so with that I was like oh why don't I try this and try that and like I'm very fond of like progressive rock and stuff like that and there's obviously those traces I think still on the music that I'm working on now but um I did want to see if I could uh make more concise music because I just looking back at the natural world it's like 12 songs it's like 11 songs in an interlude but it's like an hour long and (laughs) It's just, it's, you know, it's a it's an indulgent thing for sure. And I was just like, what if I, you know, tried out a, you know, just like something with a little more of a pop format just to see what that's like and just sort of put myself in that space a little bit more.
0: Yeah. And how how did the like experience kind of like, you know, experimenting with you know, allowing yourself to do anything you want and everything you want. How did that kind of like influence the stuff that you're writing now?
1: Um, That's a good question because yeah, there is this sort of thing where it's like, yeah, why can't every song be like five minutes if it's just all like exactly, you know, following my like sort of flight of fancy. But um, yeah, I I think that um, it's just sort of, I guess it could be like me exploring different avenues of like rock music for this and like me exploring sort of a pop formula a little more when it comes to a, a arranging songs and like me sort of trying to step out of my own head and sort of see how a, a song could be viewed from from someone else's which is I mean a little bit contradictory but it's also like um it's also fun because sometimes the way I like imagine a song being in my mind is like very different from how other people might like perceive that song. And so I was just, I feel like the more I work on music, the more I could sort of see all these things from different angles and it's just fun to explore that. And, um, I think I'm continuing to explore that on the new tracks that I'm working
0: on. And I'm curious, just like how, how far along in the process are you with that new music? Um, I'm like more or less,
1: a lot A lot of the stuff is pretty much locked in place. I've got all the lyrics down, and the song ideas are more or less down, say for like maybe one and um quite a few of the instrumentals are uh coming to completion, but um yeah yeah i'm i I'm still sort of building it up and just seeing how it turns out, but uh
0: yeah. I'm sure with doing, you know, kind of most of it yourself, that makes it a little bit easier than uh, some other bands are having it these days.
1: Yeah. That's, that's sort of, that's sort of hard to imagine right now unless maybe they're rooming together that could still bring its own issues.
0: (laughs) For sure. Uh, And I mean, you kind of mentioned like playing with more pop sensibilities. Um, And I think one of the things that stood out to me is the kind of the way you play with, that mixed with the kind of like dissonance of like noisy rock music. Uh, can you talk a little bit about how you kind of like developed that style? Yeah, it's,
1: I, I feel like pop music as a whole, especially right now is like becoming, I don't know if it's become, becoming more dissonant, but it's definitely becoming more noisy. and Like it seems like people's sensibilities are changing in ways that like I didn't even expect because I would always, when when I was younger, I would listen to a lot of like really wacky sort of like noisy like drum drum and bass and like you know just like dubstep and stuff like that and just to see that like being embraced and by like you know like people like 100x or whatever like that sort of thing and to see that become part of like the pop culture canon as opposed to like the underground a little bit is kind of wild but um I, I feel like I've definitely taken inspiration from you know all that stuff but also um you know even even bands like muse and rage against the machine where they're 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 making a, a early muse anyway i don't know what muse is up to now <laughs> they, they've they gone in many directions but uh j- just seeing how they're making like truly like intense and like in your face music that is also like like ha- pop pop music that's like pop rock music that is it's bombastic but it's still like stuff that you can sort of gone on to i i think that's or easily anyway i think that's a really fun thing to sort of explore further and also like i mean yeah i just i'm also a huge fan of all, like all the dissonance stuff like you know I, I like a lot of like shudder to think and like um i don't know i've been listening to like some stuff off of uh yank crime these days and like fugazi and all that stuff so in you know two inch astronaut i'm always listening to those guys but um yeah that, that stuff definitely um informs the, the the music the music that i make and um yeah i just like a lot of i guess color and sort of incorporating that into the stuff that i do
0: yeah i mean that's Funny that you said, you know, kind of about how, like, dubstep and the more, like, kind of abrasive aspects of some stuff is, like, becoming part of the pop culture. Because um, one of my, like, favorite producers, Jesse Cannon, has said before how, like, people always ask him what the next Nirvana moment is going to be. And he's like, it's already happened. It, it was Skrillex. <laughs> I'm like, I feel like the further removed we get from that, the more I'm like, yep, that's legit. <laughs>
1: yeah. I, I guess he, he must be right. I've like, it's funny. Cause I feel like in a way that didn't happen with Nirvana, people like started to clown on Skrillex, even though he was like a, even though he is like a super skilled producer and sound designer. And he had like cred with all those people, like, you know, like Sebastian and like, like people like that who are making like electro and, all that stuff so like it's just funny that the mainstream was like oh well you know this is just like a uh, like a blasphemy thing <laughs> um I was listening to this song exploder and Daniel O'Patton was talking he used the term blasphemous to describe like hard style synths and I was like that's <laughs> I love that.
0: and I mean you've said before kind of like one of the little like pull quotes uh from your bio is like that uh you know, the project is an exploration and celebration of your identity as a queer person of color. Um, I'd love to hear more about like, kind of how you use music as an outlet in that way and kind of what your experiences in the scene have been. Um, yeah, I think that that sort of stuff, like seeing as it's
1: part of my identity, like no matter what music I make, that's sort of like, it sort of comes out in like inherently. And I, I feel like sometimes it's, it's, a uh, explicit like if I'm talking about like sort of biases that I've faced in the past or just like things like that but um I mean one thing that's really funny is that like as a goof it's probably like on Bandcamp or something I I was put I put like they them core like as which is not like a a genre that exists and like uh whenever like a a lot of music publications will put that as like (laughs) when they're describing me and like, I, I think, uh, for that Plead Insanity, uh, a stereo gum was talking about it and like people on Twitter were like, what the fuck is this? What is they, them core? And like, there are these people just like getting really upset and they're like, Oh, this is just some fucking like, wow. And they were just being <laughs> kind of bigoted, but I was just like, that's hilarious. Cause I'm kidding. <laughs> like that's, that's, that doesn't, that doesn't exist. That's not a genre that exists. It's just like, a. <laughs> fun thing that I like I I put sort of as a
0: as a joke yeah (laughs) that's funny yeah I've seen I feel like I saw equally like that kind of reaction as well as people kind of like being like this is cool like I'm a they them too and like I want to see more of this
1: yeah that (laughs) it was definitely for those people just to be like (laughs) you get what I mean right (laughs) they were like yeah yeah it was, but it was sort of like a, yeah, a a, a wink of sorts, I guess.
0: <laughs> you know, I feel like we've kind of like hit on it a little bit, but um, I'm curious just to hear a little bit more about like what your writing process is like, you know, especially with you being a soloist and with, you know, the varied sounds that you have and the songs that tend to be kind of on the longer side, like, how do you kind of keep everything straight in your head? <laughs> um,
1: It's, it's sort of an ever-changing thing, but it's, very much helped by like a you know daw and just sort of recording technology if i have a riff then i might like record it i have this zoom that i've had since like i was 15 or whatever and i'll just uh i, I like playing the guitar oftentimes without an amp it's like a, a pain to set up the amp so i'll just like be uh coming up with riffs over time and just recording that and then i'll put that into like my uh, i have like a a folder that's just all the spring silver stuff and then there's a uh, you know like the new songs that I'm working on the old songs and then I'll just like put the ideas that like I think have potential in there and then I'll um just like go for from there and like practice it and then set up a like maybe a a demo in in Logic that um I'll go back later and like record the real parts all or I'll just record the real parts right there and just kind of move them around as i go but um it's it takes a it takes a lot of time and i i just kind of go back into those those files and just sort of record various parts like over each other and just sort of a- arrange it pretty meticulously over a long period of time and just make sure that everything sort of rhythmically and uh just like pitch-wise and everything is is locked in so that um yeah it just it just becomes like a uh, one cohesive thing but uh yeah i don't know it takes a lot of i guess a lot, a lot of a lot of patience but uh yeah yeah
0: for sure And I'm, I'm sure operating digitally makes that a little bit easier too as well as far as like staying organized and stuff
1: yeah it would be wild to to do without like because i I haven't like read music since i was like i don't know like 12 or something so <laughs> i it, it the the idea of like just having recorded music and just that i can like listen to the playback of stuff that i that i played is very uh important to me
0: does it, it happen does it tend to happen like more linearly like you'll work on multiple parts for the same song or what it, will it be more like here's a cool thing, let me put it here. And then like, oh, here's this other cool thing a couple of weeks later and it, you know, kind of goes with what I was working on that other time. Yeah, sometimes it's like that. And sometimes it's uh, like,
1: I have the idea, both like the idea for like the verse and the chorus right then and there for like the riff. Um, there's this song that I had on the last album, the, the like 10 minute one where like the I think the verse and like the sort of main like sort of muted guitar like note uh, progression it all came to me in the shower and like I mean oftentimes a lot of tunes will come to me like in my head like fully formed and I'll just be like ah I don't know I don't think I'm gonna skip this one that's (laughs) that just (laughs) sounds like nonsense (laughs) I I, I enjoy a sort of writing on the guitar and surprising myself, but I don't know, maybe things will change in the future. It's obviously a, like a mix of everything, mm-hmm. but yeah. Sure.
0: And uh, I mean, two of the, the songs on uh, Natural World that kind of like stand out to me and kind of like, they feel like a pair that are, are like the one, two punch of Waterfront and Keep the Peace. Uh, I'm curious if you could just talk a little about like those two, I feel like they also kind of like show, they do a good job at showing the kind of like range of your style as well. Like, so how did those kind of come together? Are they one after the other? Yeah, for you. Oh, cool. <laughs> I wrote those
1: like maybe even like a year apart. I don't know. The Keep, "Keep the Peace" was one of the first songs that I think I wrote for Spring Silver. It was on the just like the self-titled EP that I released in like a 2018, maybe. But uh, that 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 one was sort of a a ballad that I wrote. Maybe on like an acoustic guitar. I thought it was cool. I thought it kind of sounded like a Nirvana song. So I was like, that's nice. I'll keep that. And um, I like wrote lyrics about sort of <laughs> anxiety over like climate change. And I had this, this, this lyric where I was like, I, I had heard that like ice caps melting could release like trap diseases. And I think I had like probably like some anxiety about like a pandemic happening. <laughs> I was like, I got to express this through this song. And then here we are. But <laughs> um, the um waterfront was probably one of the last ones that I like started working on and completed for the um album. I then afterwards I I definitely just took the songs and I was like, what is a good way to sort of like mix it up and make sure that it has a cool flow and that you know yeah. So I guess now i have to look at the track let's see which I've, I've forgotten at this point
0: so it was that like was um like the sequencing is that something that you like were very intentional with
1: yeah i think it's i think a uh, sequencing is really important i am um, i'm really sort of adamant with myself about like uh the idea of of albums still and i i am um, I definitely don't want to undervalue like sort of an album listening experience. And so I, I, I'm, I'm constantly thinking about that, like what's a good um, way to arrange the the album. And I'm doing that now, even though some of the songs aren't quite finished, so it's kind of difficult to sort of wrap my head around it entirely. But um, yeah, that's that's something that's really important. But uh, to, to have sort of like peaks and valleys uh, and like variation and sort of the dynamics that can be sort of felt across like an album's length, I guess. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I'm, I'm definitely very much an album person too. So that, that resonates with me. <laughs> and I'm, I guess just, I'm just curious kind of like, what are, what's some of the stuff you've been digging lately What's some of the stuff you're excited for uh, new music wise in 2021? Um, let me <laughs> look at my Spotify to see
1: <laughs> off the top of my head. Yeah, no, that's, that's always kind of an on the spot question. <laughs> I'm always i always listening to prefab sprout a lot. Love those guys. Um, I had that new obsessives the obsessive song on repeat. I don't know if you know that one.
0: I, I don't think I've listened to the new one yet.
1: It's it's really fun. They did it with uh with Will Yip, which is yeah, it's fun. I've like I went to school of rock with the obsessive, so I feel like. I've like been there from the start which was like like I don't know 10 years ago or so I don't know it's the eight years ago it's been a while but um I've been listening to that what else have I been listening to I like revisited uh some of the stuff on that D'Angelo album Black Messiah I don't know that that album just feels like a very important album it's kind of like mind-blowing um yeah, I've listened to a lot of like Mid Air Thief. Um waiting for that uh new Mr. Goblin to drop, which should be very soon. But uh the 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 song that's out I very much enjoy. But uh yeah, also uh Andy Chervenak, I don't know if when he's going to release uh his Territorial Slugs EP, but uh I'm I'm waiting for that. Forever someday. <laughs> well, there's a bunch of stuff I'm I'm missing, but uh, yeah. For now, that's uh off the top of my head.
0: Um, and then I mean, I always like to kind of wrap up by you know asking for just a piece of advice or something you've been thinking about that you would like to share with uh, the listeners. Um, I
1: think when it comes to music, I think it's important to like understand that there aren't really any rules. And that, like any rules that there are, they can only be helpful. But if you like aren't there for it, just I like leave it, leave it behind.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I I went to school for music industry, which you know was mostly a a valueless uh, major. But where'd you go? I went to University of New Haven in Connecticut. Okay. That, but I had, like, two classes that were, like, really good. Like, there's one, I had a negotiations class, which actually the teacher for that and for a bunch of the classes was the guy who produced, like, a bunch of the Blue Easter Cult records and stuff like that. <laughs> but the other one that kind of, like, the other teacher that really, like, struck home with me was, uh, it was actually for, like, a music theory class, which very much goes right over my head. But he kind of, like, hit home the point, like, you know, the rules are there for you to understand them and to help like influence your understanding of music, not to like be, you know, hard and fast rules.
1: (laughs) Yeah. That's, that's definitely something like I'm looking, I'm looking forward to uh, breaking those rules in the future. (laughs) Like I know I'm working on a lot of stuff with more of a pop format, at least relative, but I, I feel like in the future, maybe I could, I'm looking forward to just seeing, how far I could take various things like at least in in sort of my viewpoint when it comes to just like a I don't know going off the rails a little bit (laughs) just
0: something I like to do (laughs) thanks so much to Kay for taking the time to talk I hope you enjoyed this conversation and we'll go check out set up a camera and plead insanity and keep your eyes peeled for our new spring silver album later this year I think we can all safely say we have no idea what the finished product will sound like but it's sure to be one hell of a ride Fly on The Call is brought to you by Soundtalent Media. A special thank you as always to The Alternative for helping to promote the show, Kenan West of Tiny Stills for the theme song, and Michaela Jane Palermo for the artwork. You can keep up to date by subscribing to the podcast and following the show on Twitter and Instagram at on The Call Pod. Feel free to email any questions, comments, or other feedback to me at flyin'thecallpod at gmail.com. Stay weird and be true to yourself.